Sonho fungicídios de ruína. Coastal Hootenanny, starring Nate and Adam. I am and Adam. Adam Tootenanny Wilson, that is, in Brooklyn, New York, where it is currently 79 degrees and partly cloudy. Uh, it's a nice little day outside. Nate has the day off today, which makes today a Tootenanny Tuesday. Hey, Hootenears. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad you're with me. Uh, it's just going to be me and you for a few minutes, and then um, I've got an interview I want to play for you that I had with uh, a comedian in Brooklyn named Trey Galleon. Uh, I woke up this morning, I wanted to tell you this, I woke up this morning laughing out loud. I never, I don't think I ever woke up laughing out loud before, like actually audibly laughing. I don't know if I was laughing in my sleep and then my laughter woke me up, but when I woke up, when I came to, I was laughing out loud. And uh, it had to have been about the the dream I was having. And here's uh, the background of the dream. Uh, I don't know if you know who Jack Hoffman is. Jack Hoffman is... um, is seven years old. Uh, he might be eight by now, but uh, he's a seven-year-old kid who lives in Nebraska. Uh, he's either got cancer or he's survived it. Uh, I mean, he's alive right now, so I guess he's survived it to this point, but I, I don't know what the future holds for him. But uh, he's been been through a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, really, really uh, hard, you know, cancer-filled childhood, unfortunately. And there was a very famous, uh, a very popular YouTube video of him running a touchdown in the Nebraska... Cornhuskers uh, spring game this past April um, where uh, you know the, the Nebraska is playing their, their their spring game you know the, the the dress rehearsal for the upcoming season and uh, and they so they bring they do this really inspirational thing they bring out this seven-year-old cancer survivor out to uh, run this 69-yard touchdown and then the bench is clear and they hoist him above their shoulders above their shoulder pads and then they just carry him off the field uh, in in what a big victory it won an SP it, it won an SP this past year uh, for most inspirational moment it was really it's a it's a tear jerking little YouTube video and really nice and, and good on uh, Bo Pelini and his Nebraska Cornhuskers for doing such a thing for Jack Hoffman and his family I don't know how Jack Hoffman is doing today because I googled Jack Hoffman like I, I just googled him you know I, I, I googled Jack Hoffman but the top search result was a a Huffington Post article that says Megan McCain says Republicans are not all crazy rednecks. So, uh, I I I I assume. Oh wait, I see. Okay, hold on. He's in second grade now. So okay, he's in school. So he's alive. So good job. Okay, way to go. Good job, Jack Hoffman. Uh, Team Jack is behind you. Uh, well, I had a dream that I was not Jack Hoffman, but I was a little kid, kind of in that same situation, but with my LSU Tigers. Uh, I had my, my dream was that I was in Tiger Stadium during the Purple and Gold game, the spring game at LSU's Tiger Stadium in front of 92,000 screaming and curious Tiger fans who wanted to know how the, the team was going to do. And it's third and one from our own 14-yard line. And then they put me in, me, seven years old, stricken with cancer. This is in a dream, by the way. This didn't really happen. And I'm being put in. And then uh, quarterback Zach Mettenberger, whom I love, by the way. Whom I, I was talking to John Taylor recently. I'm going to go on a tangent here. I was talking to John Taylor, my good friend, not the not the former San Francisco 49ers wide receiver, not the former guitarist for Duran Duran, uh, 
Uh, but uh, John Taylor, just the guy, that's my friend, um, he asked me who are my top three favorite LSU athletes of all time that I saw. So, like, I can't say Pete Maravich because I never saw Pete Maravich. So I said, number one, Chris Jackson. And we high-fived because that's his number one, too. It was great. It was a great moment. Uh, and then I said, number two, Rohan Davey. We high-fived because that's also his number two. Uh, and then I didn't qu- couldn't quite – I said Shaquille O'Neal for my number three. And he said Josh Reed, former wide receiver, uh, who I think played for the Buffalo Bills for a long time. I don't know who he plays for now, if anybody. Uh, but – uh, my number three now is Zach Mettenberger. I, I don't care. Screw it. I love Zach Mettenberger. I love that mustache. I love that crappy mustache. I love that retarded stepbrother of Ashton Kutcher face that he has. And I love that we have the village idiot Les Miles as the coach. And Zach Mettenberger, the guy who can't grow half a pube stash, as our quarterback. I love that. So anyway, so I'm seven years old in a dream, stricken with cancer. Uh, and I'm playing for the white team, running against the go team. Zach Mettenberger hands hands the ball off to me in a left counter play. So I counter left. The left guard pulls back to block to the right because that's where we're countering. I'm going to sweep to the right. Okay. The left tackle still blocks over there, but I counter. I I, I, I juke him. I shuck and jive, and then I go over here to the right. We got a tight end over there on that side, so that's an extra blocker, plus this left guard that's come over there to block as, a, as kind of a trail blocker for anybody who kind of slips through the cracks. And I go, I sweep all the way around to the right, across to the uh, to the go team's bench, the away bench, you know, uh, because I'm I'm going north, I'm going I'm going north to the north end zone, and then I run, and I I, I bury Sanders my way through all these uh, all these uh, these go team defenders. And then I run into the gold north end zone for a touchdown. For a 76-yard touchdown. An inspirational 76-yard touchdown. In Tiger Stadium in front of 92,000 screaming Tiger fans. Yelling, go Tiger, go. Go Adam. Go number 14. That's my number. And I I spike the ball in a very sportsmanlike way. And then the white team hoists me up on their shoulders. And both benches clear and hoist me on all their shoulders. And make this big gigantic pyramid of shoulders upon which they hoist me for this great life victory. And then I look at everybody, all these 92,000 people screaming, all these 92,000 people cheering for such an inspirational moment. And then I look at him. I look at Zach Mittenberger. And then I look at Coach Les Miles, and I say, Hey, wait a minute. Did you guys let me score? And they were like, uh, Yeah. Yeah, we let you score. That's the idea. This, yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Wait, are you doing this for me just because I have cancer? And they paused like that was a secret? Because this is a dream. It's a very bizarre dream. And I said, Zach, you were in on this? Coach Miles, you were in on this too? Odell, Kyle, Jarvis, not you too. Oh, no. But you guys think I'm good at football, right? Right? And then I woke up laughing. Because, thank goodness I've never been in a situation like that because I'd probably be an asshole, even though stricken with cancer, and even though they let me score a touchdown, I'd probably be an asshole and think to myself, 
Screw them for letting me score a touchdown. That north end zone at Tiger Stadium is sacred. You don't let anybody score a touchdown in the north end zone in Tiger Stadium. All right. So that was my dream last night. Uh, I want to do something. I hope Nate's not mad at me for doing this, and Lord knows if he's not mad at me for what I did to him last Tuesday, he won't be mad at me for this. But I'm going to open up La Boite aux Letters right now, and I'm going to share some messages sent from you hootenears out there. Um, message number one, letter number one. Uh-huh. Letter number one says, I quote, You need to start putting a disclaimer before your podcasts not to listen to them while on a treadmill. I listened to the Svetlana episode and almost suffocated to death from laughing so hard while running. Ellipsis. John from Fort Worth, Texas. John, now I know who you are. You're John Brickeen. You're my good friend. You're my old friend from college. Uh, John, I hate to uh, disagree with you, but you're going to have to learn to run and laugh at the same time. I hope so. Because I'm not going to stop being funny, and I don't want you to get off that treadmill because treadmills are healthy. More people should have treadmills. And more people should should have treadmills not for just stacking their laundry on top of them, which is me stealing a Sunny Weathers comment from three weeks ago. But uh, figure it out, John. That's on you. All right? If I'm making you laugh and you're running, that's, that's your job, okay? That's yours to take care of, okay? Now I'm behind you. I'm on your side. I'm on Team John. Uh, and thanks for listening, John. You're one of my favorite hootenears. As I told you earlier, you were a hootenear before hootenears existed. Letter number two says, Bill de Blasio's kid is biologically his, the one in the commercial. He has a daughter, too. He has a black wife. Basketball Dave, Monroe, Louisiana. Now, Dave, I owe you an apology. I'm sorry. Episode in and episode out, I call you a retard. And though I'm correct in saying so, because you are seriously retarded, and I know this from having known you for 13 years, you idiot, uh, you are correct here. Because uh, yesterday in the Hootenanny with Nate, I said that Bill de Blasio adopted a black kid or two and gave them ethnic names and ran a campaign for a New York mayor that is racist. Now, I was agreeing with uh, Mike Bloomberg and what he said. He said that Mike, uh, Mike Bloomberg said that Bill de Blasio has been running a, a campaign that's a bit racist. And that's drawn the ire of many a quote-unquote hero in New York thinks Bloomberg's an asshole for saying this. And though Bloomberg is an asshole for saying this, I still say he's correct, and I'll tell you why. Because race either matters or it doesn't. And in this campaign, and look at the video on the redstick.com that we have linked on this very article, it is very obvious that Bill de Blasio is using the race of his family as material for the campaign, as a determinant for something in the campaign that is racism. Either it matters what color the people's skin... Either it matters what someone's skin color is, or it doesn't. If it does matter, that is racist, and if it doesn't matter, that is not racist. To Bill de Blasio, skin color does matter, at least as far as his campaign has been concerned. And it is, therefore, racist, and if any of you hooteneers have a problem with that... Don't write me and Nate at Nate and Adam at the com, but write a letter to the people of Webster's for defining racism in such a manner. Michael Bloomberg is an asshole for saying what he said, but he is right, and he <laughs> I can't believe he said it. I just can't believe he had the balls to say it. But I've thought it from the beginning, and it's something that's just kind of uncomfortable to say.
Letter number three is an audio letter, a voicemail, that is, uh, because someone who's a houtineer gave us a call at 225-244-9469, and I very much invite you to do the same. Uh, and uh, told us this. Here's letter number three, sort of letter voicemail, but letter number three. Listen. Hey, what's up, uh, Nate and Adam? It's Adam Hodes. Hurry up, Jerry. Hasn't the fucking podcast people? Hold on, hold on a little bit. Lindsay's talking in the back. Are you fucking kidding me? I know where you live. I'll cut you. I'll fucking cut you. Lindsay, just calm down for a second. Who do you think you're calling? Hold on for a second. Guys, you were right. You were right. You podcast I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have said No, I shouldn't have said anything, guys. fucking crazy. No one listens to you. No one thinks you're funny, you fucking asshole. Look, I'm really, I apologize, guys. I, Fuck you! I didn't know that this Fuck was going to happen. I, I, I just wanted to, there to be a number to Fuckers. call so that we could have a conversation. Oh, man. This I'm going to really cut you. Adam okay. doesn't know where you live. Okay. You cut your dick off. Oh, shit. Fuck you! It's just real right now. Uh, Fuck you! All right, I, I got to go. Sorry, guys. You. We'll talk to you later. Bye. All right. That uh, that was our that's our old friend Adam Hose who uh, made the call there. Uh, Adam's referring to a uh, like a, a kind of a fart joke I told about him uh, the other night. I was referring to the fact that he he grew up in Montgomery, Alabama. I think it was Montgomery. Uh, he grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, as an Alabama Crimson Tide fan. He then did his undergrad uh, years at Auburn. Uh, which that's you know anybody who knows anything about sports knows that that's a bit that's a bit ironic and that must cause some kind of turmoil in the Hose family. Uh, and then Adam then did his uh, his grad school years at LSU. So yeah, he's at some point rooted for Alabama, Auburn, and LSU in his lifetime, which I find to be the biggest chicken shit thing a sports fan has ever done. That is that is like rooting for the United States and Iraq at the same time, which it's basically being, basically he's like bad guy Sergeant Slaughter in good looking white guy form. Um, uh, so one of the, one of the, uh, I made some comment, some facetious comment about his wife being fat and ugly, which is ironic. His wife's good looking and not fat. Um, so, they sent this voicemail, and I would just like to say to you, Adam Hose and Lindsay Woodhose, uh, the best acting job in that voicemail was done by your dog, Bella. Uh, you might want to go easy on the overacting pills next time you send us a voicemail at 225-244-9469. And uh, if I don't mind saying so myself uh adam i think your wife Lindsay. hey Lindsay, how you doing it's glad to have you on board as a hootenier as well um now i know Lindsay, you were being facetious in that uh in that voice but like it was this was this is a bit you're doing uh what's funny about what you were doing is that you're you're a dancer you're like a professional dancer and i don't mean like i don't mean like hustler club dancer i mean like broadway dancer um uh, i was same thing anyway the what i mean though is um the way you were acting in that voicemail, and you know this, you know this as well as I do. You know this almost as well as I do, actually. Unfortunately, I know. It. Unfortunately, I know this better than you do. That's how girls who are dancers act when they get pissed off, uh, when anything doesn't go their way. Not you, Lindsay, but you know, dancers in general. Uh, 
So I actually no, I take that back. So uh, yeah, Bella didn't do the best acting job in the in the voicemail. You, Lindsay Woodhouse, were uh, gave an Oscar an Oscar nominated performance. You're you know I'll say Oscar nominated. I'm not I'm not gonna I can't just say you're gonna beat Glenn Close in whatever movie she's in right now or Jane Seymour. Jane Seymour. Don't you mean Meryl Streep? God, you're an idiot. All right, now let's uh, let's move on. Uh, I. Uh, I uh, I want to listen to this interview. This every once in a while, a comedian does something that makes me ask myself: Is this a joke or is this not a joke? And usually, when this happens, it is an indication that the comedian is uh, is very talented. Um, because now I've said on this show before, I hate Andy Kaufman, and I do. But the thing that made Andy Kaufman good, if you think Andy Kaufman is good, is the fact that you didn't know whether or not he was... You didn't know whether or not he was in on his own joke. So, um, with that in mind, I want to play this interview with a comedian in Brooklyn named Trey Gallion. Here, listen to this. You're Trey Gallion. Sibilance. <laughs> you are Trey Gallion, yes. I am Trey Gallion. Sibilance is Latin for yes. I yes. am Trey Gallion. Uh, you are uh, you are from where are you from, Trey? Kind of all over the place. Okay, uh, I like when people a- I like when people answer this way because then I answer I, I, I answer with this question. Yeah. You're Dorothy Gale. Yes. You are wearing ruby red slippers I and you, you click them together and you say, "There's no place like home." Where do you wake up? <laughs> Uh, somewhere in the mountains. Only one place. Oh, really? Trees somewhere where you've never actually been. Oh, okay. You're John Denver. Okay, I've been there, just never you're, lived you're, there. You're trade John Denver Galleon. Okay, great. You are you're a comedian based in Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. As am I, actually. Yeah. Uh, tell. Well, let's 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 let me speed date you here. Uh, where were you born? Boston, Massachusetts. You were born in Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah, I didn't Brighton. Know. Right down the street from from Fenway Park. Oh wow. That's well down the highway. Oh, that sucks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. For yeah. for you, it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Why? Why for me does it suck? Because then you have to feel like I'm a lesser person in some way or something. So it sucks I guess, for you. Well, I mean, I was born. It's out fine of, for me. I was born out of wedlock on Thomas Road in West Monroe, Louisiana. You're it's, a bastard Cajun child. I'm not Cajun. I'm Huguenot. You're a bastard Huguenot. Do you know what a Huguenot is? It's one of those. Um, it's like the uh, the Ottomans, but different. I I don't know what that means, but the Huguenots were French people who decided we don't want to be Catholic anymore. We right. want to be white trash Baptists. And Louis the Fourteenth took issue with this. And uh, before they uh, before they got killed, these Huguenots, as they were now called, because they followed this guy named Hughes, uh, they escaped to England and then came to the United States. Hughes, I guess. What was his deal? Did he like tack a PBR to the church door. Uh, yeah, like, we're gonna be redneck <laughs> <That's> Baptists. <laughs> uh, very good. That's that's exactly what happened, uh, <laughs> according to the Wikipedia page. Uh, or a Lone Star or whatever your shitty beer. What's the shitty beer in? Uh, well, it's Louisiana? not shitty beer. It's not shitty beer. Right, it's, right. It's a beta is what it is. Oh, that's the beer. That is that. Yeah, that is not shitty beer and good root beer. Yeah, excellent. It's root beer. very good overpriced root beer, but very mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Okay, you were born in Boston, Massachusetts. You right. grew up. Somewhere south of there, didn't you? A little bit. Well, yeah. I mean, I grew up. Uh, my uh, 
younger years outside of Philly, and then my freshman year in high school, we moved to Austin, Texas. Now that well, hold on, that's Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia, not, Pennsylvania, not Philadelphia, Mississippi. Correct. Okay, and then and then when did you move to Austin? My freshman year in high school. Okay, um, who were your teams? Growing up, just who were your teams? The Philly sports teams. Boston are my secondary teams. <laughs> Um, I went to Texas A&M. Uh-huh. Oh, you're an Aggie. Yes, okay. and then Tennessee. That's blood. Right. So really, if I were to ask you where you're from, you should just say America. Correct. And that kind of brings us into uh, the subject of this interview. You're from America, right? I currently, yes. I'm a U.S. citizen and everything. Do I got you, a passport. Do you like being from America? I do. I you like being it. an American? I do. It means a lot to you, doesn't it? it yeah, it means a little bit. Uh, I mean, that starts from the top, from the head, doesn't Correct. it? Correct. From the, the the very hats you wear. Correct. Perhaps the very hat you're wearing right now. Perhaps. Who made that hat you're wearing? This hat was made by Mitchell and Ness. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. But you buy hats from other companies, don't you? I used to. You used to. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You uh, used to. Can you name a country from whom you used to buy hats but no longer? A company. Yeah. New Era. New Era. Yeah, okay. I no longer buy hats from them. Okay, New Era. That's popular. It's a popular hat company. They Correct. sell a lot of it. And now they... Okay, well, tell me tell me what the issue... Tell now, me the story about New Era. I mean, the, the main thing is um, I wasn't happy with where they were making their hats and brought this up to them. And it's more the re, the way they handled the situation, why I'm not buying their hats mm-hmm. anymore, okay, that's than, a summary. than where they make them. Well, you said you were unhappy with where they make their hats. Now, as I understand it, they make their hats in America. Well, that's what they would lead you to believe, not in so many words. Successfully so, since I do believe that. But you say Correct. I have reason to believe otherwise. Well, correct, yes. Okay. And this is because, and this was, uh, I, I purchased a hat from them. And I was writing my name on the inside of the hat and noticed that it was made in China. China? That is not in America. It is not in America. And the reason it threw me a little bit is because I have other New Era hats that are made in the United States Mm -hmm. of America. Oh, okay. And all their advertising, you know, does lead you to believe Mm -hmm. that they're strongly made in America and proud of their American heritage. Isn't there logo kind of a caricature of the american flag yeah, it is actually and, and for them to make make to for them to make uh, hats in china not only is that not america that in many ways uh, you could ask many history professors and many civics teachers um that's the opposite of america right like if, if it was made in canada you'd probably be like yeah okay that's, right, that's exactly. america enough you know yeah. i'm good enough i'm good with that you know mexico maybe even, even maybe even mexico I'll give it to yeah you. okay you give me mexico sure sure uh-huh. but uh china yeah that's like eesh. Yeah, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Okay, so you, you went to, how did you, what, you wrote a letter to them? Yeah, so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to write them a letter. Man, you wrote them a letter? <laughs> yeah. I love letter writing. It's, it, can, it can be very effective and entertaining, if nothing uh, else. Uh, Hootineers, you can have, uh, you can find a copy of this letter uh, at our website, theredstick.com. Uh, and all, apparently there are subs, this is not, there, there's more than one letter here, but, but Trey, what, what did the first, what did the first letter say? Okay, so here's the first letter, and this was after, well, I say it in the beginning of the letter, so mm-hmm. here we go, okay. This was, <clears throat> this was on January 26th of mm-hmm. this year. 2013. Year of our Lord. Mm-hmm. Dear New Era Customer Care, I'm writing you today because I'm a little annoyed with your company right now. Over the holidays, I sat and watched the Pinstripe Bowl and saw numerous commercials for your company touting your American pride 
and never saying straight out, but certainly implying that all your ads are made in the USA. I fully support companies that still make their products in the U.S. because it is important for me to know that what I am buying was made by a company who gives Americans jobs, especially in this day and age uh, of high unemployment. It is one of the reasons why I had previously purchased one of your Puerto Rico flag 5950 hats that was made in the USA. So I certainly didn't think anything about ordering my brother a Philadelphia Eagles hat for Christmas and also a Phillies 5950 hat for myself. Skip to five minutes ago when I went to write my name on the inside hat band of my Phillies hat and noticed that my hat was made in China. I thought that I should write you and tell you how disappointed I was to see this, so I went to your website to see if I could find a corporate address. I found it and then noticed you have a social responsibility page and decided to check that out and I read this. We're proud of our commitment to U.S.-based manufacturing. We own and operate a large manufacturing facility located near our headquarters in Buffalo, New York, employing approximately 400 people. 400 people doesn't seem like a whole lot for a manufacturing facility for a company your size. Plus, have you been to Buffalo? Those people need some jobs. Then I see where you have a supply chain responsibility section and decide to give that a quick read, and you guys totally dance around and avoid saying flat out that you get the majority of your gear made somewhere besides the U.S. I suppose that misleading and understating certain facts doesn't fall under social responsibility. I'm a stand-up comic, I regularly perform with something on my noggin, and recently it's been your hats. That could change very quickly. I could also start working on a bit about your company. I'm not going to do either of these things or start any kind of new era, anti-new era campaign via social media until I hear from you guys. I understand that you guys are in it for the almighty dollar and at times it's cheaper for you to get your stuff made elsewhere. And while I prefer somewhere else to not be China, a lot of things are made there and some things I own are made there. But I wasn't duped into buying them by some company that states... They have been making caps in the U.S. for 90 years, and we're proud of our commitment to U.S.-based manufacturing, and then find out that they're only kind of telling the truth. I'm not asking for you to stop making things in certain parts of the world. I'm just asking you to be honest about it and to not run propaganda-style ads. I like your hats and want to continue buying your hats, and I want to feel good about buying your hats. Talk is cheap, New Era customer care. I want more than words for, <laughs> for you lying to us. What are you willing to do, New Era Customer Care, to keep me as a loyal customer? Thanks for your time and looking forward to hearing from you. Mm-hmm. And then I gave him all my information. I gave him my physical address, my email address. Mm-hmm. Gave him every way to contact me. Did you hear back from them? I didn't hear back from them immediately, no. Oh. Well, then what, what, then what happened? So then I called. <laughs> I called the customer service number. And talked to a girl who was like, and because I had also emailed them mm-hmm. through their website, the same letter. Um, and uh, so didn't hear anything from them. So I called and I, and I talked to the girl. And I said, hey, I emailed your company and then I sent a letter to your corporate headquarters. Mm-hmm. And she was like, let me look into it. I'll call you back. She never called back. So I right. called back the next day, talked to another guy. And he was like, let me look into it. I was like, got that story yesterday, buddy. You're not going to fool me. And then so I was like, do you have like an actual email address that I could send this letter to? And so he gave me his and then forwarded it on to the corporate communications girl Uh at New Era. And then I got a letter back from her. And what did that letter say? 
Well, I have a copy of it. Oh. Would you like me to read it for you? Yeah, yeah, let's hear okay. it. Okay. So, this is the letter I got back from New Era. And this was after about a month. I was finally, and I hadn't heard anything from them. That's when I called them and then got this girl's well, email. Well, hold on. Why do you think it took, why do you think it was so hard to get a response from them? Do you think it was because they just figured you were some, like, gr- Oh, yeah, I just think they didn't want to Grumpy deal with old it. man with right. grandkids living out of the state and type 2 diabetes or something like that, and you got nothing better to do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and I'm sure once they got, since I put all my info on there, I'm sure one of the first things they did was, like, look me up on Facebook and see what I was about and everything. You think they did that? Yeah, probably. And then they were just like, eh, we're not even going to bother with this. Okay. Yeah. So what did did the New Era say to you? So then I get, this is the letter I got back. It says, Uh Dear Trey, I want to thank you for writing us a couple weeks ago and share some New Era facts that will help address your concerns. New Era was founded in Buffalo, New York in 1920, and has maintained its world headquarters there for more than 90 years. We have over 330 employees in our downtown Buffalo corporate offices and 360 employees in our manufacturing facility in Derby, just 30 minutes south of Buffalo. We're proud of the fact that a large number of our caps, over 4 million annually, are produced in the United States, a statement that few of our competitors can say. These caps that we made start to finish in our Derby facility Uh, In addition to this, we embroider hundreds of thousands of caps in this facility for all sports leagues and special markets. We have been and will continue to be committed to this facility and invest in its future. The images in our commercial were meant to portray where we came from as a brand. The cap maker represents our founder, Erhard Koch, well, Koch, however you want to say Uh it, who started the company making fashion caps. We're proud of our heritage and the fact that we're a fourth-generation family-owned company and want to make sure our customers know where it all started. Under no circumstances did we intend for our Pinstripe Bowl commercial to mislead customers into thinking we produce 100% of our caps in the United States. After watching it back, nowhere in the commercial do we state this. The the 32nd spot focuses on our nearly century-long commitment to quality and our ability to help consumers express themselves with our caps. Your thoughts and opinions are important to us, and I hope this answers your questions. We appreciate your support and hope you will continue to be an avid New Era fan in the years to come. Michelle McNamara, Corporate Communications, New Era. Now, uh, were you satisfied with Ms. McNamara's response? Would you have been? Uh, It sounded fake. Yeah, totally. It sounded totally corporate, and then, you know, that last paragraph especially, your thoughts and opinions are important to us. Um, we appreciate your support and hope you will continue to be an avid New Era fan in the years to come. Right. Well, obviously, I'm not a big fan of you guys currently, and you really didn't do anything to... Like, it was just such a nothing statement mm-hmm. to me. Uh, well, what did, what did you do after this? Was this it? Or No, so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to write another letter. Oh, man. <laughs> so I wrote Michelle these, a letter these back. poor people at New Era. I know it. Um, what did you say to Ms. McNamara? Well, I have a copy of that one, too. Okay, here we go. Dear Michelle McNamara, thank you for writing me back. I'm a little disappointed, though. Your letter is full of the same thing that I was complaining about in the first place. You don't lie about any of the facts that you gave me. You just worded them in such a way that makes you look better. I don't like being talked to like this, especially after I called your company out on it once already. Example. In your letter, you state that New Era was founded in Buffalo in 1920 and that you have a total of 690 employees in the Buffalo area. What you didn't mention is that you have roughly 1,000-plus employees in other countries. I understand that the way you said it sounds way better than saying, under half of our employees are in the USA. 
You also state that you are proud of the fact that a large volume of our caps, over 4 million annually, are produced in the United States. Well, after reading an interview with your president, Pete Augustine, I found out that you guys made over 40 million hats in 2012. Mm -hmm. So, you could have just as easily said, we are proud of the fact that 10% of our hats are produced in the United States. But that doesn't sound nearly as good, does it? Now, as for the commercial. I fully understand what the images in the commercial are portraying. That was never in doubt. You said that you showed these images because you were proud of your heritage and you wanted to make sure your consumers know where it all started. Because if you show where it's gone, you'd be showing mostly foreign workers in foreign countries making your hats. Wonder what Earhart would think of that. Not sure the word proud would come to mind. Now, I never accused you of stating that 100% of your products are made in the USA. I accused you of using very clever practices to imply that a lot of your products are made in the USA. You're not dumb enough to state that 100% of your products are made in the USA because you get sued, because that's not true. And I do think you intended to mislead dumb consumers into thinking you produce a lot of your hats in the USA. Your logo looks like an American flag, for Pete's sake. <laughs> I only asked you two questions in my first letter. One was if you'd been to Buffalo, and the other was what you were willing to do to keep me as a loyal customer. And I got an uninspired corporate rehash of a letter in turn. Nowhere in that letter do you say sorry or apologize in any context. That hurts, especially after I got online and found out that there's a large number of people who aren't happy with you guys for similar reasons as mine, and also found out why my head shrank in size. Because made in China hats are sized differently, and luckily, Tried one in the, on in the store before ordering it online. Uncle, unluckily, didn't look at where it was made. You know this is an issue for a lot of people, and you are glossing it over and trying to make it go away. You also never asked if there was anything you could do to make the situation right. Well, there is. What I should ask you for is a black New Era cap, size 7 and 5 eighths, with white stitching that says, New Era sucks. What I will ask you for, though, is a Made in USA... Philadelphia Phillies hat, size 7 and 5 eighths. Not China, size 7 and 5 eighths, because that's too big. And a Philadelphia Eagles knit hat for my brother, made in the USA, to replace the hats I bought at Christmas. His head is big, so whatever the largest size is. And some type of apology. It can be a rude apology, or a sarcastic apology, or a truthful, honest apology. Just something. Uh, sorry for any of the snarky comments, but I'm really annoyed by your response, especially after having to call your customer service line and complain because my first email and letter sent in January were never responded to. I would like to thank Brendan at the Customer Service Call Center for graciously <laughs> offering up his email and forwarding my letter. He was solid. I'm also going to send a copy of this letter to Mr. Augustine, along with copies of my original letter and your letter to me. I feel like the people running this company need to know how they are being represented. Thank you for your time. Look forward to hearing from you. And then gave them my information again. Uh-huh. And, uh... Wow. Uh, and then what happened? So then so then I wrote the letter to Mr. Augustine, too, and and have yet to hear a response from them. So that's it. That's where we are right now. Yeah, I called them once, and I left voice messages, actual voice messages, right. for... Um, Michelle McNamara, and for on Pete Augustine's office voicemail. What do you think they think of you? <laughs> oh, I think they think I'm an annoying buttwad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you, Do you think they laugh at you behind your back? Oh, totally, totally. 
I, and I even did, I wrote a couple of tweets recently, like a month ago. Right. Um, and they actually tweeted back to one of them, and it was the same thing. It uh-huh. was the same corporate, like, we're sorry that you disapprove of our practices. Do you think they have, like, a joke around the water cooler? Like, uh, anytime anybody is, uh, anybody, anytime anybody gets angry or uh, about anything, they're like, whoa, well, what are you pulling a galleon for? Let's, yeah, it looks like Trey, when did Trey Galleon get to get to the office today? <laughs> Well, I think by the way that they're handling this, they've obviously gotten other angry letters too from people. You think so, they get other? Do you think they get other angry letters from people who are disappointed that their hats are made in China and or are too big because they were made in China? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so basically, the summary is: you bought a hat, and uh, it was too big, and it was made in China. And you expected it to be the right size and made in the USA. Correct. Uh, and uh, and their response to your inquiry as to why this is happening is, uh, well, we didn't say that that hat was made in the United States. We just say that like oh, some of our hats are made in the United States. Right. Uh-huh. That's that was their claim. Right. Yeah. Um. And never an apology. That's the that's the thing. It's it's the way they handled the situation. Like, never said in any kind of context, I'm sorry, uh-huh. or are bad, or anything like that. Well, uh, I'm, I'm currently wearing a hat. It's not New Era. I've, no, I, don't, I don't think I've ever bought a New Era, a new era hat ever. Don't. I'm a, I'm a 47 brand man. Yeah, I've never heard of 47. It's, uh, it's what I'm wearing right now. You yeah. never heard of 47? Uh-huh. 1947. That's uh-huh. the brand name, 1947. Uh I don't know why they're called 1947. I'm assuming it's a Jackie Robinson reference. Uh, I don't. I don't that's know why I would was, assume that. Uh, born. Yes, that's when Jackie Robinson was born. Trey. Mm-hmm. Jackie Robinson was born um, in 1947, and uh, I think he retired the same year as Mike Schmidt. And uh, yeah. I think he just got in the Hall of Fame three years ago on his like eighth nice. ballot. Yeah. Uh-huh. He um, deserved it. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, sure. Jackie Robinson born in 1947. I think he was born. Uh, in Zimbabwe, Trey. Um, I've actually been to his grave. Uh-huh. Me too. Over in Cypress Hills mm-hmm. Cemetery. Over in uh, Queens, the Brooklyn Queens line is where mm-hmm. that is. Um, was there a baseball on top of the tombstone when you were there? Uh, uh-uh. Yeah, there was when I was there. Oh, nice. Yeah, they say that happens from time to time. I gotta go again. Anyway, I, I had a um, I had my own little run-in with uh, corporate office, but with a 47 brand. Yeah, yeah, tell me about this. See, I ordered three hats. Uh-huh. A black Saints hat, a okay. gold Saints hat, and a gold LSU hat. Uh-huh. Uh, and I never got them. Uh, and I said, hey, where are my hats? And they were like, oh, it was delivered. Here's, we gave you the tracking number, the UPS tracking number. But I was like, well, I never got it. And they were like, uh, let's see, you live in Brooklyn? Well, look, I'm going to tell you what happened. Uh, some punk kid probably saw that 47 brand logo on the box and just stole your hats. So we'll send them to you again. Okay. Fair and enough. And they sent them to me again, and I got them. That's nice. Okay. It's 47 brand for you. And let me tell you about this hat. that uh, it's, uh, It is made in China, but uh, they do not claim that it wasn't. So there's that. Right. Also... It's made from approximately two 20-ounce recycled plastic bottles. Now, look, I'm not a, I'm not, I mean, I recycle because you have to in New York, but uh, I'm not into making uh, shoes out of trash or anything. I'm not into that. Right. But uh, 
these are my favorite hats, and I thought they were my favorite hats before I found that they were uh, actually environmentally environmentally friendly. They're made from waste. Are they a sponsor of this show? They might as well be. <laughs> but uh, now the only sponsor of this show, the only sponsor of this show, uh, Two Nanny Tuesday, they don't know it, but it's uh, the Miller Brewing Company because uh, uh, I love drinking Miller High Life. Because I'll say I've said it once, I'll say it again. Miller High Life is not the champagne of beers. Nay. Champagne is the Miller High Life of sparkling wines. Wow, you've actually said that before? I've said that a million times before. Really? Yeah. Dude, does anybody smack you after you say it? Why would Why would somebody want to smack me after saying that? Because it's a ridiculous thing to say. It's not a ridiculous thing to say. Yeah. You think Miller High Life tastes bad? No, not at all. So what, what's the problem? I just think what you said was ridiculous. Not that it was a lie. Well... It's just a long way to go. Champagne of beers is made in America. I'm saying. It's no banquet beer. Uh, Trey Gowling. Just when I'm at a banquet. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, they're not a sponsor, though. That's a good point. Never mind. Look, Trey, what? I have a feeling I have a feeling you're not going to hear back from these people. Dude, I am too, and I'm deciding on how far to take it. I mean, I'm clearly not going to get any uh, free shit from them. Uh, why don't you sue them? I'm not going to sue them. I'm just going to not buy their stuff anymore. And if I ever get semi-famous or where people actually listen to stuff that I say, mm-hmm. then I'll tell people, more people to not buy New Era. But you shouldn't buy New Era. If you're listening to this, don't buy New Era. I don't buy New dickheads. Era. I'm, I'm not, I've never had anything against New Era. I'm just not interested. Buy in 47 or Michelin Ness mm-hmm. or some other brand. Yeah. What other brands are there? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Trey Galleon, uh, if they do respond, I want you to come back on to Nanny Tuesday. And I want you to uh, keep us up to speed on this, okay? Oh, I'll totally keep you updated. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Uh, you can follow Trey at Trey Sucks on Twitter and uh, Facebook.com slash Trey Galleon. Yeah, I think there's a period between my names. Okay. Just follow him on Twitter. That should, be, that should suffice. Yeah, Trey sucks, and it's got all the info on there. Thanks for being on the Hoot Nanny. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks mm-hmm. for having Hoot! Hoot out! Is that what you guys say? Sure. Hoot out! Trey Galleon, everybody. That's Trey. Uh, you see what I mean? Like, I have no idea. Uh, I don't know whether he's... I can't tell how serious he is about this. I really can't. So that's a, as a comedian, Trey, that is a compliment to you. Uh, and Hootenears, uh, if you noticed, he said that he bought a, a, a new era hat with a Puerto Rican flag on it. That's because his mother's Puerto Rican. So uh, we didn't note that in the interview. So he's proud of his Puerto Rican heritage. Uh, one other thing, I just got a message during this recording that, um, you know, our friend Jason in West Allis, Wisconsin, he is no longer Jason in West Allis. He is now Jason in Milwaukee. Looks like somebody got a raise at work. Good job getting that new apartment, Jason. And, uh, hey, Jason, why don't you send us some tips at some point, uh, for what to do in Milwaukee, because in the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of LSU fans, uh, many of them hooteneers, up in Milwaukee, or maybe Chicago, but hopefully Milwaukee, because I think Milwaukee's a better city than Chicago is. Uh, tell us what we should be doing uh, on Friday night, the night before LSU plays your Wisconsin Badgers at Lambeau Field, because I think uh, our Hootenears and our LSU Tiger fans should have the best time possible 
at in in the great city of Milwaukee. Uh, and that should exist beyond just the Miller Brewing Company tour and the bronze fonds. Tell us, Jason. Tell us what to do. That is the show for this week. Stay tuned for the Red Shtick podcast, which should be published tomorrow. And you can check it out at theredshtick.com. This weekend on the Bicoastal Hootenanny, starring Nate and Adam, we've got our old friend Smitty. That's R.W. Smith, uh, and he's a U.S. veteran. I think, uh, other than Jeremy White, we haven't had uh, a veteran on the show. So, uh, And Jeremy hardly counts. So we'll be happy to have uh, Clemson grad Smitty on the show. And uh, so stay tuned for that. So for all our friends back home and everyone else in between, I say, swing ya toi.